Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. I would like to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, This is a presentation by the Leadership Institute Task Force. Tonight we're going to be discussing onboarding and transitioning officers to your board of directors. And to lead us off tonight is Ms. Artis Basin from California. Take it away. Hello, everyone. Um, We called this hitting a home run. So I'm going to do the first base, which is the transition process. And first of all, you want to distribute an expectations and responsibilities prior to any election. You wanna make sure you give that to all of your members so that they're aware of what is to come if they become an officer. The second thing is after the election, you wanna plan a meeting between the current officer and the new officer. Then you wanna transfer all the information to a new officer as soon as possible after uh, they become elected so that they are prepared when they start their new term. Then the transition should focus on answering all the questions that the new officer candidate has about the position and also discuss with them any existing processes that the old officer has used in the past so that the new one knows what to do. Then the officers should exchange written materials uh, for the office. Anything that you have, you should transfer to the new officer. Then you need to transfer all the important bank information, transfer passwords, anything that they will need to get at the information they need for doing their job. After the officer is in place, then you should evaluate the process to make sure it went smoothly so that it can be changed in the future if necessary. Okay, then for second base, I'll give you to Ray Campbell from Illinois. Thanks. All right, thanks Artis. Um, and uh, good evening everyone. And again, thank you for, thank you for attending. Um, well, Artis talked about transitioning all of the information to the, from the old officer to the new officer. Well, in order to do that, you have to have the information together. And so what does that mean? Well, uh, that means, first of all, uh, first thing you should do is gather up, figure out what documents you're going to transfer to use as part of your transition uh, set of transition documents. Um, don't rely on things being in bylaws and articles of incorporation and other places. Uh, I would advise get everything together in one document or one set of documents that everybody can agree on that these are the things that you should be uh, transitioning. Um, one of the things that you know I've, I've heard said as well, what the president does or the secretary does, that's in the bylaws and constitution. But a lot of times what they say is, they say, well, the president does the duties uh, cons- you know, to, uh, with that office as defined in Robert's rules or whatever. No, you really should have some expectations uh, written down. And this is something that the board should get together and create. And it should be something that you all agree on. Uh, some of the things you want to have, you want to have um, your constitution and bylaws. Make sure that you have the updated version of that. Also, your articles of incorporation. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't hand those off to somebody, uh, again, make sure that the incoming officers know where these things are stored, because if they have to access them, that can be a, a, an issue. If you're turning over things, for example, like safe deposit boxes, uh, you know, keys to those, uh, and you have them rented at a bank, you may need to work with the bank to go through uh, some processes to actually do that just you know for security purposes and that and one thing about banking information this is really important for treasurers and that is um, when you are changing treasurers make sure that you have a uh, 
minutes or some sort of document that clearly states that the treasurer position did change because banks are going to look for that. Uh, they're not going to rely on you just coming in and saying, well, you know, two of you coming in and saying, well, we changed treasurers. Uh, they want something in writing just to make sure that everything is on the up and up. And the same may be true for safe deposit box uh, keys. I don't know. Um, once you put all these documents together, an artist mentioned some other things you need. You need to have uh, logins and passwords, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, it would not be a good idea probably to put these documents on your websites if you're going to have that kind of information in them, because obviously you don't want people to get a hold of the uh, um, the um, password information and stuff. So, um, so once you pull together all the documents that you need for the different officers and that, the board should really sit down and go through those and say, okay, are the, do we have everything that we need? Is this the process that we agree on? Is, are these the things that, um, that we definitely need to, to transition? Um, and uh, agree on that. And then the second thing that the board needs to agree on is what the timeline for the transition is going to be following the elections. Now, that may be defined in your constitution and bylaws. Um, so let's, some affiliates, for example, they'll have, like say, they'll do elections and then the new board takes over on January 1st, for example. Uh, this assumes that they do their convention in the fall where they vote in their new officers and board members. That's a really good time between elections and the time those folks take over to actually do this, um, because that way everybody kind of knows what's expected and uh, is, you know, the new board's ready to hit the ground running. If you don't have that kind of thing in your affiliate, um, some affiliates have where the new board takes over right away after the uh, elections. What you want to do then, in that case, uh, I would suggest is that set up a a meeting between the old the members of the old board and the members of the new board. Now, some of them are going to probably remain on the board, so you'll have some continuity there. But uh, sit down and make sure that everybody's got what they need. Uh, make sure that um, you know answer any questions that the new folks might have, and um, be ready to. Uh, uh, move ahead and um, be prepared to, um, you know, answer questions and, you know, again, make sure everybody has what they need. And then even after that orientation meeting or that transition meeting, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, be prepared to help the new board members. I think um, uh, Cindy and Sheila will get into some of this in a little bit, but be prepared to help the new board members as needed and uh, going forward because transition isn't just a one-time thing. Uh, it's something that uh, you have to uh, have to think about. One other thing I'd say before I hand it off is that the transition, having all this, these things documented, it not only helps the incoming officers, but what it also does is it helps people who might be interested in running for office to know what's expected. So that perhaps if you have, say, someone that comes uh, to you and expresses an interest in running for treasurer, uh, you can hand them the expectations document for that office. Obviously, you would not want to hand them login or password information or anything like that at that point, but at least a document that details what the expectations of the treasurer are and what's involved and also what knowledge you should have. And that way, that person can make an informed decision if they want to run or not. So... So that is second base. And now as we move 90 feet down to third base, it gives me a great pleasure to hand it off to Cindy Hollis and Sheila Young. Good evening, everyone. And we're rounding rounding the base, right? Um, we are tasked with talking about identifying the problems and expectations of what you need to be doing when you're trying to establish, um, you know, the whole routine of transitioning from one office to office to another. Um, when you have new officers coming into your affiliate, they may not have a clue what the job is or what the expectations are. And that is setting them up for failure. We don't want to set people up for failure. We want to set them up for success. So you really need to have a 
um, good description of the responsibilities and expectations before someone takes on a, a, the obligation of being president or vice president. Um, new officers who really don't know much about being an officer, they're going to have a steep learning curve and they may not know what they're expected to do. And they could be tasked with a duty that they're just not going to do. They're going to drop the ball. So uh, they're not going to have a clue how to perform the duty if they haven't been told, if you haven't trained them. And if there isn't something that they can see what the expectation is. And then the, you know, I, I don't like the term old officers, but previous officers have a tendency to say negatively influence a situation by saying we've always done it that way. And that can turn new people off and new officers off by them not wanting to try new things because then you've got the negative attitude of your former officers by the influence of, um, you know, well, we've never done that before and we've always done it this way. So it's always worked. So Cindy. Yeah. Oh, hi everybody. And so I'm going to continue really my, my focus I want to share about really why do we even want to do this? Like, I think, I, I'm going to reiterate some things that we've shared already, but having a process in place equals the love or levels the playing field. It is the great equalizer. It actually allows the new person to your board and the seasoned person on your board to to start at the same place with the same information. And it doesn't give one person a one-up on another. I believe knowledge is power. And often people who have been around for a long time have a lot of knowledge about the way things have gone on. And it's, you know, there in their head. And it's not always written down. So for lots of reasons, we want to make sure that it's documented somewhere and uh, not only because what if something happened to someone, right? Um, this this is a protection. It It's really important that none of us knows if we're going to be here tomorrow. So, uh, you know, you want to have things documented for that purpose. But it also, uh, if if somebody just has it in their head, then they are the authority. And the authority really needs to be in writing, not in somebody's head. Uh, it it makes people feel vulnerable, inferior, uh, inadequate, and all of those negative things when they're supposed to be a leader in your organization. If they have somebody that tells them what is done and how it's done all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't share, of course, right? But so you have your expectations and your responsibilities and they are written down. They're based on uh, your constitution. They're based on information your board comes up with, um, but they are created and updated often. And uh, that is a document or documents that can be shared, whether it's written as one document for everyone or there are different documents for different offices. It doesn't matter how you guys choose to do it. And by the way, all of this what we are talking about is not just for a state or special interest affiliate. It's for chapters. It's for any organization. Uh, it could even be for committees, to be honest. Uh, you know, having responsibilities and expectations in writing will help with a smoother transition for even committees. So if you uh, think about having like this game plan, these rules uh, written down, then they are transferable. They can be shared to people who are interested in running for office, as Ray said. They are available then when somebody does take office and they're available when somebody talks to the next person that might be interested in coming behind. So there's, there is a great importance around 
documenting and establishing that foundation for your organization. The other thing that it does is it creates transparency. There's there's nothing, we're not hiding anything. We have it in writing. And uh, so there's not, you know, nobody has to wonder if we really are going to take care of something or what is our role. Um, and and the other thing that I've, I feel really, it, it's sad that this might occur, but sometimes when we transfer offices from one person to another, it's not always because the person letting go of the previous, the previous person letting go of their office is excited about doing that. Sometimes they lost, their feelings are hurt, emotions play into it. So when you have a document that spells out everything that you need to take care of, uh, it relinquishes emotions from the process. I, I'm not saying that uh, emotions aren't going to be there. People are still people first and foremost. But it's there's a timeline. We need to, you know, the secretary's uh, minutes and all of all of that stuff need to be transferred by this given date, according to the, you know, and you agreed to this when you took office. So this is, you know, this is what needs to get done. And, and it takes some of the personal uh, kind of messier stuff out of the mix and uh, allows someone like the new president or previous president, whoever is president to step up and approach someone and say, you know, you do need to, help us with this because this is what you agreed to and so on. So there's a, it, it really is the cleanest way and the fairest way for us to um, build our leadership. It helps with transition uh, so much because we're, we're holding one another accountable and, and it also allows us if something isn't working that doesn't mean we can't go back and change it right so maybe it was important that we do this by march 1st but now something's changed and it needs to actually be by february 15th well there's nothing that says that this document cannot be updated so it's in fact it's really important that you know it is from time to time um but again accountability and uh, expectations and responsibilities are really key to uh, as a part of your transition plan. And when you sit down to go do this, when you go to create it, I would absolutely start uh, at maybe you have different people take different parts. Maybe your treasurer writes down all the things that they need to do and when they need to do it. So now a timeline gets started and maybe somebody else writes, Oh, when you hold your board meetings or when you hold your conference calls. And so there's more to add to the timeline. And then somebody else uh, goes through your constitution and pulls all of the expectations and responsibilities from the descriptions in your constitution. So now you are starting to create your document and you really haven't had to do a lot of work. Um, you start asking questions like, what would somebody ask if they wanted to know what this office is? And so you start asking those questions and then together answering them. So that is how it's not that difficult. Um, I encourage you to think about a timeline to get it done. Uh, if you wait until it's time for elections, it's not going to happen. So, you know, the sooner you can get started on it, the better, and it can always get updated. So uh, I'm going to hand this now over. We're, we're heading for home base, and Matt is going to take us there and uh, close this out, and, and then I think we'll be able to take some questions. So, Matt. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, so now we've, you know, we've created our expectations and communicated those to our old and new officers. We've held our elections and navigated our way through transitioning and through handing off all of the information. And so now we come to the point that we need to evaluate. So did our transition proceed as we? expected that it would 
you know, were there bumps in the road? And I, I think a good a good place to start is to think about well, when we're getting feedback on the process, what do we want that to look like? Do we want everyone to write down their feedback and bring it to a meeting? Uh, do we just want to meet and sort of openly discuss everything? And, you know, I think a good, always a good acronym that I like to use whenever evaluating anything is the word SWOT, uh, which stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So obviously strengths are pretty self-explanatory. You know, what did we do well? What was um, empowering about this process? What what went well? Uh, weaknesses are, you know, things that didn't go so well. Um, maybe someone thought that our expectations were too verbose, or maybe they thought they weren't verbose enough. Um, you know, opportunities. So what can we approve upon the next time to address our weaknesses? Um, you know, do we, do we create a hard timeline of this is when XYZ is going to be done? Um, do we take all of our necessary information that people are going to need, like our passwords and accounts? Um, you know, how does that stuff get stored? Do we do we put it in one place on the cloud? I I hope not. <laughs> Just, you know, anything can happen. You always want to put things in two places. And then lastly, threats uh, can take the form of, you know, internal threats uh, within our organizations or something external. You know, what can um, impact us in a negative way? Internal may be that uh, there's an outgoing officer that, you know, really doesn't want to play ball. You know, it was a hard lost election. And, you know, despite your best efforts, they um, they may meet with the new person, but it's rather curt and short and not as effective as we want it to be. Um, you know, external threats could be something that's outside of our organization. So like I mentioned before, you know, if we put all of our uh, necessary information in one place, or if only one person has access to that information, you know, what what happens if uh, that person is no longer a part of the organization or if they're unavailable for whatever reason? Um, you know, so those are, you know, all things that, you know, you want to, um, to consider along the way. And uh, so... Um, I think we're going to go ahead and open it up to questions if we have any. So, Holly, do you want to let people know how to um, raise their hands? Okay, sure thing. Uh, this is Holly Turry. I'm your host. And to raise your hand, you, um, if you're on the computer, it's Alt A, and all these things are taught. Alt Y. I'm, I'm sorry, Alt Y. If if you are on your phone, it's Star Nine. If you're on your, um, see, I, just, just a second. Okay. 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 Do you want some help, Holly? No, I've got it. Okay. From the Mac, it's option Y. From the act, it's the, um, on your phone, it's the lower right-hand corner. Is there It's actually hand? right on the screen because this is webinar. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot. It's yeah, okay. It's, yeah. Raise your hand. It's right on the screen. Can't miss it unless you're old like me. <laughs> and from the phone, it's star nine. And all these things are toggles. And I will ask you to unmute yourself. So to give you the unmuting con uh, ideas, we'll go with from the PC, Alt-A. From the Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. From the app or your smartphone, it's in the lower left-hand corner. And from your phone, it's star six. Okay. Ken Kenneth Semyon Sr., you may talk. Go ahead and unmute yourself. You need to make sure that uh, it's... It says ask to talk next yep. to his name, not allow. Yeah, yeah, ask to talk, yeah. Okay. Yep. Kenneth, you need to unmute. You need to unmute, yes. Hello? Why don't you? Will you unmute? Be sure and unmute yourself, Kenneth. Uh, Mr. If you, if you uh, enter on the ask to unmute. <laughs> okay, I think we got, oh, I think we got him. I think we got him. Yeah. Hi, yes. Kenneth. Okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is great. I have looked forward to this uh, evening. 
Uh, I have something that I wanted to share uh, as I served as president of the ACB of Texas for six years, which was three terms. Uh, early on, there was a number of things that uh, I was not aware of. And uh, so things, at, although I had, I had reviewed the Constitution and bylaws and noticed the duties given to the president, there are so many things that arise for you to do that are not in any document uh, if in, uh, or even uh, policy if it hadn't been put in place. So I came up with a document called Beyond the Duties uh, to place everything that came up uh, while I was uh, serving in order to have that ready for somebody else that would take over after me. And some of those things might include, like we have a, a credit card that's given to the president and the treasurer. So uh, one thing to be on the duties document, there's, it's nowhere else that the president should be ready to sign a cardholder agreement. Um, there are times when we have to, like even from the state affiliate level to ACB, uh, when someone is applying for a DKM first timers award or one of the other awards, a, an affiliate president may be requested to write a letter so in the Beyond My Duties documents, Beyond the Duties document, I put that in there for them to be aware of that, that it might arise. And even though, and also we are asked at times from our own membership, if somebody's applying for a scholarship or some other award, uh, they may want us to write a supporting letter. There's so many different things that arise uh, as you are serving and you notice that uh, some things you're surprised about and you have to do it. So if it happened to you, it may happen to the next person. So it's good to create a document like Beyond the Duties. There's a, about 12 or 15 things in this document I have that works for Texas. And so I would just encourage everybody to think about those things that are not in writing anywhere. So if someone comes along that's brand new, as we know at times in our chapters and affiliates, it's hard to find somebody to step up and lead uh, in, in, at certain times. So we would have something in writing to turn over to someone to be able to go through to make sure that they knew that this is going on within your affiliate. And Kenneth, you are so right. And I would ask you to share that with others because I would love to see that. So yes. yeah, I, I've had that privilege and I'm willing to share it with anybody. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's great. It's music to our ears. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Kenneth. Okay, Jamaica Miller, you can talk. Yes, um, it's Jamaica Miller, and I'm from Athens, Georgia. And what happens if you are in a affiliate that does not have that that does not have a special job for for one for for one of its officers? And so there's nothing for me to really for me to for me to write about 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 my my two year uh, of being. But this this officer <laughs> what what position do you hold jamaica i hold second vice president of the whole state of georgia okay well well now for second vice president you know there's a very important uh, role that that person holds and that is uh, so what i would say to you is and others can chime in too what i would say to you is definitely be familiar with what the president does and the reason i say that is because if the president and the first vice president are not able to serve for some reason, you would be called on to lead the organization. And so you definitely want to be familiar with what the, the first vice president or the president does. But then the other thing is that you can do in, in a case like that is talk with the president and first vice president. You know, they have a lot of responsibility and maybe there are things that you can help them with. Um, that would be some of my suggestions in that regard. And then you know, write those down so that, you know, whoever takes over from you is going to have uh, the benefit of your knowledge and your learning. So uh, that's those. That's what I would say. What would others have to say? That's well, where it begins. Yeah. And, and Jamaica, I would think that there would be a duty such as the second vice should be over the budget committee or something along those, you know, lines. I don't know, but you would think that there would be some duties that would be assigned to the second vice president. So I don't know what your constitution says, but I, I, I'll just chime in also and just say that I think this would be a really good discussion for you and your um, your uh, other officers. So mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. might ask uh, your president if you could suggest that you guys work on this and it could be a project for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, your, and at I, your next board I, meeting, you know. Okay. Yeah, and I would, I would just chime in that, um, you know, there may be things by 
tradition, uh, like being on a committee or even chairing a committee, as I said earlier. And the other thing is that if you look around hard enough, you will find work to do. <laughs> There's um, you know, seemingly never a shortage of things that need done or an area that, that needs addressed that you can bring your bring your leadership to and that you can help to incorporate as a part of your office for future second vice presidents. Okay. Thank you, Jamaica. Teresa Christian, you may talk. Okay. Um, is there a handout with all of this information you guys just shared with us anywhere? Funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> we we know we actually do have one. And our artists uh, who spoke first was very gracious to prepare that. And um, once uh, this is over, we'll, we'll be making that available. Um, It'll be on our, our webpage for um, this committee. For committee. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. Along with well, the podcast. So when this is finished, we'll have the link to the podcast there as well. And I can, so I can also can. send it to the leadership list, too, if people would like me to do that. That'd be great, artists. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, veteran Eugene, uh, you may talk. Unmute yourself. Hi. Uh, we've got everything in our council kind of written down in the bylaws and everything. I'd like to see something on how you recruit people to take over the position. That's where we find a difficulty of finding anybody who wants to volunteer to take the position. <laughs> well, join we, the club, right, right? We don't have enough time for that. And actually, <laughs> actually, actually, one that of the be another call. One <laughs> of the things that one of the things that one of the things that um, I, I think people might be concerned about is if you put all these documents together, they'll people see there's so many duties they won't want to run. Because <laughs> yeah, I had that, that they, they told me that I was going to be president forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, two things I'm going to answer that. One, you once you decide you're not going to be president, somebody else will step up because people will always stay back if they think that there's always somebody there to take the you know take charge of whatever it is so um so that's my first thought the other is that it, it if you you know the, what we are talking about is beyond the constitution or bylaws um so i would uh suggest making sure that you have something even if it's like a one-page document that talks about the duties of office and making that available in advance of your elections and asking everybody to, you know, look it over and, and, and have an opportunity where they could ask questions about what those roles are. Um, the other thing is, is that it's really important and it's not just for, you know, elected offices. Um, it's, it's pretty much for any work we need done. But uh, we, when you ask somebody personally to do something, plant the seed, it has so, so much greater impact and greater results than when we just have an open call to action, like in a meeting and saying, oh, we're going to need a new secretary who's willing to do it. Because everybody else thinks somebody else is going to do it. And they don't yep. see themselves as that special person, the person that we see has the qualities we need in that next office. And um, sometimes the person that, you know, is out there, we need to kind of uh, work on them a little bit, right? So it's, you know, I really believe in you. I think you could do this. What questions do you have? What, what concerns do you have? So really engaging them in that conversation because elections should be serious and it shouldn't be just filling, you know, a spot because that's there's a person that's willing to run. We want to put the the right people in the right, you know, positions, right, to be as successful an organization as possible. So there you go. That's and if all, and if all of Cindy's <laughs> and if all of Cindy's ideas don't work, you're always taking them to the bar and getting them a, putting a couple of drinks in them and <laughs> getting them to say yes. No, I'm only kidding. And and you know Cindy's right about that because I mean when I was I finished my last four year, year term as uh, two, two two year terms as Illinois Council President, um, I was actually nominated for treasurer. Up until that point, I had never even thought of myself as a treasurer, and I said, you know. Yeah, I'd like to do that. 
And uh, so, you know, you never know um, where, where you're going to find that next, uh, those next people. Planting that seed is really important. Yeah. And, you know, as Cindy and Ray said, you pl- find someone's strong suit, figure out what they're really good at and get them involved in that little area and then give them a little more and gradually get them involved and they're going to want to be part of the board. Okay, um, Mo, it's your turn. You can talk. Hi, Mo. Okay, am I unmuted? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. All right, sorry. I, I've never spoken in the webinar format before. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome. <laughs> um, so I'm Mo from Iowa and I just wanted to encourage everyone to just be very, I know people get afraid to write too much, but I'm running for a director position and I really have no clue what I'm diving myself into because all I know is that I need to attend meetings. I can't miss more than three and that I need to tell my president if I'm going to miss. And that's like all the information I have to go by. So yeah, I, I'm a little lost uh, on what responsibilities would actually be if I were to get the position. So it, don't be afraid to be wordy because some of us like a little more direction when we're running for things. That's a very good suggestion, Mo. Good good idea. Thank you. And Mo, actually, I would just say, I want to just chime in and say that um, as the person who's looking to run for director, uh, in as much as you'd love for there to be something written down in a lot of words and, you know, explanation and description and all of that and more direction, don't be afraid to ask those questions either. Um, and sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you could ask somebody kind of like a real basic question and someone like Ray will just give you everything. <laughs> never, <laughs> okay, never, never. That's pretty enough. No. <laughs> and then sometimes. 500 words or less, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, you have to actually piece it out and be more specific. And well, so what does it look like at the beginning? And then what does it look like in this situation? And what does it, and it's okay. So don't be afraid to ask those tough questions and don't be afraid to ask more than one person. Absolutely not. And, uh, and, and, and if you want me to stop talking, just give me a beer, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that usually works, uh, but no, no, seriously, Mo. Um, the other thing I, the other thing I would do is your board meetings at least should be open. So you certainly, if you're thinking about becoming a director, you certainly should take the opportunity to attend board meetings. Uh, I know I did that when I was interested in running for the ACB board. I, I went to uh, meetings at that time we were uh, doing the, uh, uh, went to the mid-year program. So they had board meeting after that. And so went to that and got learned. But then the other thing as part of that, when you're at the board meeting, if you know, you, 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 you attend a few, you think about, you're interested, like Cindy said, seek somebody out and, and or some people out and start asking questions. Say, hey, I'm interested in being on this board. You know, what's, you guys were talking about this. What's that all about? Or, you know, how do you put the budget together or that kind of thing? It's stuff like that. Don't be afraid to ask those kind of questions. And if, if it's not written down by the time you get in the director's office, by golly, you write, you write stuff down and then it'll be there for the next person. There you go. Yeah. Regina Marie, it's your time to shine. Unmute yourself. Hi, Regina. Hello. Hi, Regina. So um, you've touched on this, and I'm just wondering if you could touch on it a little more. I finished out the term of someone, and I didn't get anything. In fact, we just found some documents. I just got them last month. It was amazing to get them finally. Um, um, I made. I had to plead ignorance quite a bit, and I made a lot of mistakes, which, well, maybe not a lot, but I made enough of them. And um, it, it's humbling, but um, can you speak to that if it so happens? Because it's not always ideal. No, you know, um, and, and I've watched it happen more than I wish uh, I could say, you know. Um, a lot of times we, well, first of all, we think we're invincible and um, we're not. And uh, so we can't speak to probably the situation where there, it doesn't exist um, we can wish that it did, but I think when you have to move on from the unknown, 
you just do what you did, Regina, and do the best you can. And uh, some of it's going to be because there's missing information, right? And so that's pretty understandable. And anybody that knows the situation should understand that too and have some forgiving. Um, it's a reminder, though, to us. Uh, I, I know that I, when I was president of Washington Council, I don't know how many times I would say how important it was for our chairs of committees to have a vice chair that they could mentor, someone that they could work with. And now I wasn't really strong on the documentation and I see how important it is uh, over the last couple of years. I can tell you that this is something I've talked to many leaders about uh, creating a, a, you know, a process for onboarding. But uh, if it doesn't exist, you can't go back and make it, you know. But what we can do is make it better for the next person. And uh, because you've been in that situation now, you know, you're definitely not going to want to leave it, you know, to, to somebody else's whims to try and figure out. Um, but what happens is when somebody is gone suddenly and they had everything in their brain and they had a lot in their brain there was a lot going on a lot of activity people counted on them and if they needed somebody needed an answer about this given topic they knew who to go to because that person had it all right they had a lot of knowledge remember knowledge is power so there's some some you know you guys can figure that one out right knowledge is power and they had a lot of knowledge so they had you know um and then they're gone and no one else is left with that knowledge that they had that they could have shared. And everything they worked on left with them. Wow. And so, you know, and unfortunately, I've watched that happen more than once. And um, so, you know, the more we can write down, the more transparent we can be as leaders, whether it's in a committee, whether it's as an officer, director, editor of a uh, you know, our newsletter, uh, membership services coordinator of ACB, what, whatever is our role, right? The more we can be transparent and uh, create documentation and have it available to people. Um, so if something were to happen that somebody else could pick it up, let me tell you, I know the last thing I would want to happen is if something happened to me, that everything that this community and all of that, you know, all of the work that's gone into that, that it just would fall apart because nobody would know how to pick it, pick it up. And that, you know, and that's not just my story, that's everybody's story. So if you're working hard and you're doing work worthwhile, then make sure it's in writing and shareable, transferable. So my, my hat off to you though, for having to pick up the pieces because that's never fun. Tony, it's your turn. Okay, hi. This is Tony, and uh, I'm from the Michigan Council for the Blind. Hey, uh, of Tony. The blind. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Okay, yes. And um, first of all, I have learned so much from all of you tonight, and I took a ton of notes, so I definitely will appreciate the document that you write. Okay. Um, I didn't know what I was doing when I went into the vice presidency. Um, I I uh, took somebody else's place because the first vice pre president was president. And you know what I'm saying? So the, the second vice went to first vice. Anyway, that that's neither here nor there. Sure. But but what has helped me um, is the, the two, the three of us, the first vice president, the second vice president and um, the president. Uh, we we meet about every month and talk over how Good. things are going yeah. and awesome. we help each other. Um, for instance, They've really, uh, Joe and Becky, you know, have really helped uh, me out. And, we, you know, we listen to each other. And really, our board, I feel, is just fit together as a good puzzle. And I'm not, you know. Uh, okay, then, then the second thing I was going to mention is I'm a membership chair. And um, I've learned a lot in doing this. And uh, I have a good group of people that I'm working with. I'm on several committees. But... What I feel is necessary is join, you know, participate in as many of these leadership advocacy calls. All this information is here for us. 
why not utilize it? And um, I really enjoy this. I have, I've only been doing this since February. And so that's my advice to people out there. Participate in these calls and you learn a lot. I've got so many folders of material and like the ACB convention, I took, you know, I joined as many um, leadership activities or, or seminars as I could. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Tony. I mean, and we'll be in touch, Tony, you and I, um, I'm anxious to work with you. So. That's exciting news. <laughs> okay, Terry, it's your turn. Hi, everyone. Um, I think most of you know that I've been in a lot of leadership positions in this organization and in several others through the years. Um, Something that I would like to just give you as a bit of advice is look at your own state and check to see if you have a state office, a state um, organization of nonprofits. One of the things that you'll find, I know that for instance, Maryland does. I know the D.C. does. I'm working with the two of them now because I'm the president of a fairly significant large uh, nonprofit here in Maryland. And they have a what's called a standard of excellence. And that has a lot of good requirements in it. One of them is an orientation packet that, you should, that any organization should have and for um, people coming onto your board. Uh, especially coming onto your board, but it would also include going into specific offices. One of the things that you might also need, depending on your state requirements um, and on any potential fundraising that you want to do, is a responsibilities and commitment document from your um, that each of your members of your board and your offices would agree to sign. Um, that's very important. Another thing that's extremely important, especially if you're looking for funding, is one of the first questions they're going to ask you is what participation in your funding does your board and your officers have? And you really want to be able to say for the last three years, we've had 100% participation. That does not necessarily mean that people have to be paying X number of dollars a year um, it could be in in partially in, in monetary payment, but it can also be in hours that you're working for the organization, um, perhaps in some kind of public outreach, um, that kind of thing. But those are all extremely important things to have, particularly if you want to start looking for funding beyond ACB and beyond your dues. Um, anything that gets involved with fundraising are going to be looking for those kinds of things. Thanks, Thank Terry. Terry. Good information. Thank you. Okay, Julie Brannon, it's your turn to talk. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi there. I think I'm on. Sorry. Yeah, you sound great. <laughs> you sound great with that microphone. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. My new mic. Yes. I just want to say excellent information. And Cindy actually was talking about a case in Washington. I know she was. We dealt <laughs> with was. that person yeah. us and not having any info. I'm thinking that as people, I just had a thought, the, the written information, as we know from what happened here and what you're talking about, is essential. But I think we need to start early on preparing officers. Some people are naturally mentors and some people are natural mentors and some people are naturally transparent. Other people are not. And I think it often goes back to that personality stuff. But start training people early on and reminding them that you are in this position for a short time. It's not your permanent lifelong position. You don't own it. I think I've been really thinking about training and, and having some kind of um, good, yeah. way for people to realize toward the beginning of their new office that I will be expected to be transparent when the time comes for another person and to mentor as best I can and even teaching people how to mentor because some people really just don't have it so well and I think this is like the foundation piece this this whole onboarding you know some sort of process in place mm -hmm. um writing it down it gives you something to start from right. there's definitely more training that could be done right. around what you do with the information once you have it. And, mm -hmm. and I really love what you're saying, Julie, about um, maybe some initial. So maybe there's a time where you bring your board together near the beginning of mm -hmm. each term. Right. At, or so it might be at the beginning of every year, right? Right. You go over that document together. 
And maybe you even talk about or have part of the document, even maybe that's part of the expectations is that Mm -hmm. the transparency and, you know, uh, and the mentoring the role, mentoring, but, yes, yeah. all of that, um, and and then you could go through them and, and really talk about what those mean. Exactly. So and I love it. Thanks, Julie. And that doesn't have to be at a state level. That can be a chapter. Oh, no, absolutely. That, I think know, any of this. Can, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're great. almost and, out of time. <laughs> and I and and I will say that there is going to be a later presentation in this series on mentoring. Yes. Um, so. Yes, we have to look out for that. Yeah, that's that's a good point to just mention that we have um, we are coming to you every third Thursday of the month. And this is for all of you and for for others that aren't here. So let people know in your affiliates and your chapters, state, local um, special interest that these are happening uh, because we we really want and, and we're going to make them available as podcasts and with handouts and so on as well so yeah area code six i'm sorry yeah six one five we we might have this might be the last one no six one five is the last one south uh, south dakota person i think yes is it six one five no that's that would be tennessee tennessee Tennessee. Tennessee. that might be (laughs) six one five unmute hello Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. This is Carol Francisco from Nashville, and um, uh, hi, Carol. I am the uh, Nashville chapter president. We are the biggest chapter in the state, and but what I'm finding, I had written a constitution for us a few years ago, which has been amended, much to my regret, because in that constitution we had duties uh, spelled out for the two vice presidents and the. Uh, board members and that kind of thing. But what I got hit with here was, okay, I want to be vice president, but I don't want to chair the membership committee or the public relations committee or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is too rigid and too inflexible and we need flexibility. So, okay, they took it out. And now it's hard to get anybody to agree to uh, chair a committee. <laughs> I don't know what to do to try to get people to chair committees. Wow. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. Again, I think it goes back to education and, you know, uh, finding responsibilities and expectations. And yep. finding I mean, it's kind of right like, people. well, you're the president. You just chair the committees or, you know, and, yeah. and get yeah. I can't serve. All, I can't chair all the committees and I won't. No, so I'm, I'm sort of at my wits end here. Any ideas? Well, not not for the time we have a lot uh, <laughs> left, but. Carol, I would love it if you would reach out to me at community at acb.org. Send me an email or see Hollis at acb.org, and I'd be happy to uh, uh, powwow with you on this and see if we could come up with some ideas. Maybe our committee needs to come to one of your board meetings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. And do you have one more hand, Cache? We are out of time. It's, it's on the hour. It's, yeah, it's 9 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Cache. Cache, if you have questions, you know how to reach us. <laughs> as right. as the uh, chair of this project, I really want to publicly thank Cindy, Sheila, artists, and Ray for all their hard work. Um, thank you guys for being such great, great team project members. So, oh, and thank awesome. you for being thank such you. a great yeah. leader because yeah. you put us in line. You did awesome. <laughs> all right. And, and by the way, Cindy, the last I heard, the Seahawks were winning. our next uh leadership task force presentation is going to be on december the 17th so do you remember what the topic is matt or not i i do not remember i thought it was for secretaries was isn't it i think it might be it's one of the offices yeah okay thank you david for streaming all right thank (laughs) Thank you you, thank you everyone good night good night